Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. Uh, now we've got no more Oilers to talk about. Uh, there is still NHL going on, um, but sadly, uh, the Oilers are no longer in the playoffs. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk to probably one of my favorite guests that I've had on uh, over the last few years of doing the Oilers Live podcast. Uh, it's Dale Sheehan, and uh, Dale is a director for Sport Integrity with Interpol, former RCMP uh, author on uh, on the subject of um, sports integrity, among many other things, which I seem to learn by the minute every time I talk to him, whether it's off air or on air. And uh, just to finish the introduction, uh, Dale and I had... Um, Formerly, uh, when he, when I had him on the podcast, we had discussed uh, integrity in sports uh, with with trying to get a little bit of a, a lean into hockey, which we'll do again tonight. And there's some subjects we'll touch on tonight. Um, but you're gonna be you're gonna leave tonight, hopefully uh, surprised. Or when you listen to the podcast, you're gonna be surprised on exactly what sports integrity means. Maybe a little bit surprised on on the ways that the integrity of uh, sport can be compromised, which is probably where I was most surprised the last time we spoke. Uh, and hopefully you learned something. And if you're um, on YouTube and you're checking us out at youtube.ca slash heavy hockey, uh, you can join in the chat tonight and we'll get to some of those questions as we go. Uh, all of that. And thank you, Dale, for joining me. Well, it's a pleasure to see you again. Uh... Michael and uh, I just moved out west and had the uh, sincere pleasure of watching almost every Oilers game uh, this year. And have to say, I'm completely devastated. Uh, they're a team of destiny that's just not getting there. But uh, it's just spectacular hockey. What can you say? Yeah, yeah. There's there is no doubt. Uh, maybe sometime I'll have to get you on the uh, on the air just to talk about Oilers hockey rather than. Um... <laughs> rather than sports integrity, but um, nonetheless, we, we don't have any Oilers hockey to really talk about. Off-season is yet to really begin. Um, you know, and, and though I, I should say it's the playoffs that kind of brought you back to mind uh, as we watch uh, hockey, as we watch the playoffs, whether it's on CBC, on Rogers, or whatever format you happen to watch. Uh, everybody knows we're inundated with you know, name the betting group here, commercials. And, you know, it's what sort of sprung it to mind was well, refs make bad calls all the time. We know that, <laughs> right? Um, but it keeps coming up, and I'm not I'm not implying anything because I don't believe it to be true, but, but it always comes up. You see on Twitter or social media, folks will say, well, you know, Vegas has got the NHL in its back pocket. Uh, and, you know, the games don't make any money if it's a Canadian team there. It doesn't make any money for the, you know, the uh, booking agencies, the sports booking agencies, et cetera. It may not, may or may not be real, um, but there is that perception there. And when you're inundated with gambling ads every day and every minute of every broadcast, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me. And so 
anyway, all of that to say, that's what brought you to mind. And, and I think it's a, you know, a, an important talk, topic to talk about. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Oilers Live podcast. Unfortunately, we had a small audio problem at this part of the podcast, and so I've cut out 10 minutes, but be assured that the remainder of the podcast is a must-listen with my guest, Dale Sheehan. Enjoy. Maybe just to kind of touch on a few key points, if if, um, anybody had trouble hearing them. Uh, you know, the um, uh, CBC uh, maybe offsetting some of their responsibility back onto uh, Rogers um, for the gambling ads after some complaints have come in uh, that um, indicated, you know, kids are watching their gambling heroes on or their heroes on TV amongst all these gambling ads. In fact, maybe even suggesting that their heroes are gamblers uh, in the process. Um, you know, if you you think about the Wayne Gretzky advertisements that are out there uh, specifically, um, you know, that, um, and this, we'll have to talk about this because this is, um, this was something I learned from you, uh, which was the black market uh, betting specifically. And, um, you know, how Bill, in, in, let's be clear here, Dale it mentioned that he's not, you know, anti-gambling. Um, in fact, um, but there are some obligations in terms of ethics and, and maybe morality that we should, you know, consider. Uh, and so, um, you know, the Bill C-218 uh, allowed for single sports betting uh, in Canada, which was a uh, actually a positive thing if you consider the black market uh, gambling, right? That um, Canadians now had a legal form of gambling that they could turn to. Um, and I believe Dale, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of what, you know, in the, in some of the other leagues where there was the question of match fixing, a lot of that was occurring through the black market, right? Would that be safe to say, or was there some in the legalized gambling arena? Well, it would be a blend of, of the two, Michael. Um, of course, a lot of it uh, was the black market. The black market led to uh, serious debt uh, extortion, high inflation, uh, high interest rates on loans. You've seen all of the loan shark, loan shark movies, etc. Um, but uh, anywhere that a, a bet is placed, be it the black market or the legal market, um, is affected by uh, an attempt at match fixing, and it's not it's match manipulation because it's not just uh, as we spoke last time, it's not just the outcome of the game anymore. Uh, Vegas is doing live betting on the bottom of your screen right now as to who will touch the puck next, uh, who will hit the goalpost first. Uh, and when you start to uh, um, get into those issues, um, we've seen cases where people have been approached and said, uh, um, the first time that you um, get a hold of the soccer ball, the football, kick it out of bounds. And we'll give you $50,000 and just accidentally kick it out of bounds. It's not going to affect the outcome of the game. It's not going to affect your integrity. Um, but then you're locked in. And once you're locked in, um, they have you. And uh, not to put it in the same comparison, but I think it's important. If you look at the Russians, 
uh, for example, in the NHL that are saying that they fear for their life and they fear for the life of their family back in Russia if they wear a gay pride uh, jersey uh, during a warm-up. You can see the influence outside of the country um, where families are threatened. And this is one example. If the Russians are saying this for gay pride jerseys, um, how do we know that there's not other players uh, being affected with threats from family, cousins, uncles, etc.? And I think that that comparison is is truly important because um, it's nothing to do with betting in this case, but it has to do with the fact that there are external or perceived, accurate or not, external threats. Um, you look at what Evander Kane went through in a domestic situation where he was accused of uh, gambling and betting on games. And uh, uh, Evander was um, um, totally uh, vindicated and all of that. But look at the headlines that that made for the NHL. Look at the negative headlines that was in, in the news for a long, long time. And in all fairness to Evander Kane, he's been, um, he's been a, not acquitted because he wasn't charged, but he's been completely vindicated Yet, everywhere he goes, you see signs in the arena, you know, you want to bet, and, and they're taking shots at him and, and insults. And um, it just shows you that that kind of pressure um, uh, is real. And, uh, you know, the NHL had to realize that when that happened and they had to conduct that investigation, there were a lot of people that assumed that Evander was guilty before any process was, uh, was done. And um, the negative part of that is it affects that stereotype across the league in back to youth. So I think, uh, as I said, I think um, in terms of match manipulation, the NHL is undoubtedly the hardest of the big four to actively fix or manipulate because it's such a fast paced game. It's such a, a, a hard game. Um, you almost need to have more than one person involved. Um, but that said, they're also seen as being the sport that is the least proactive in this area. And um, I always use the analogy that when the Riders um, uh, had the 13th man on the field and they lost the Grey Cup, um, what happened if the next day they found out that that 13th player was paid a hundred grand to run onto the field. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, that's where I think um, uh, it's like an insurance clause. Uh, entities aren't investing in as much as they should in prevention, education, and training um, because it hasn't affected them. But that's the danger. Um, now, in Canada, you know, when you look at the controversy uh, surrounding the sexual assault investigations and the uh, the moral, uh, ethical, uh, alleged behavior and, and the cause for these investigations that basically flipped Hockey Canada, one of our proudest uh, institutions uh, for many Canadians, uh, on its head. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily Hockey Canada that followed up with proactive but the IIHF, starting in 2022, um, out of the 10 teams that play, um, there's mandatory 
integrity workshops. And for every single player, coach, and referee, or every world championship now in the IIHF, regardless. And that covers anti-doping, um, competition manipulation, abuse, harassment, and ethical conduct. So the IIHF is taking some pretty uh, proactive steps. Now, we, we can clearly see why um, they've gone in that, in that manner. Um, but there are other countries, you know, like um, uh, Finland, where uh, in youth hockey, this year they've trained 150. Uh, uh, they've done 150 workshops, over 950 players, 75 coaches, 30 referees. This is for youth. So some of these countries are really, they've really caught on. And they're, they're into it now. And when, when youth who are the most um, easily to convince or see something, um, they're, they're actively engaged in that. They're setting standards um, uh, in Europe. You know, that now they're finding uh, one of the big uh, match manipulations is esports. Oh. Yeah, and uh, the major investigations in the videos are under scrutiny for match fixing. Um, and I go back to where there is money, so too there is the opportunity for organized crime. And as simple as that. And uh, I, I do think that Canada has a long way to go on that. Um, and with the gambling ads now, there's a whole slew of issues that comes with it: uh, mental health. Uh, addiction. And at some point in time, you would have to ask why uh, are cigarettes banned if that's an addiction? Um, and yet uh, gambling has, has just steamrolled in. Um, I, I want to start the phrase, and maybe we can start it through your, uh, your following. Um, Canada has a gambling washing problem. You've heard of sports washing, like Saudi Arabia creating live golf. Well, Canada has a, a gambling washing addiction uh, where we're completely inundated with it, whether we want to be or not, yeah. uh, regardless of youth, addicts, mental health issues, it's there. If you want to watch sports now, you have no choice. And um, I, I think the polls that are showing uh, strong disagreement from right across the country with Canadians. and. Um, you know, uh, you, you you can't fault the uh, the broadcasters. Um, they've gone through a couple of difficult years with COVID, and they will follow the money. Um, but you're not seeing the commercials that we used to see, uh, even in any proportion. It's it's ninety percent gambling yeah. and addiction. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it speaks to. You know, one thing, which is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always, and uh, I hate to say his name, but um, <laughs> Trump always said if everybody could build a casino in their backyard, everybody would be rich. Uh, and it's true, you know, gambling is a is a profitable business um, and no more apparent than the fact that they can buy up all of these uh, advertisements and, you know, even for our heavy hockey network, you know, we get approached, uh, to, you know, do, uh, gambling advertising and the like. Um, and we had, um, considered it for a very, 
short period um, because the money is there. And so, you know, clearly, clearly somebody's making some money and, and then it does bring up a, you know, a whole host of other challenges. I'm kind of curious, you know, with all of this, you know, talking about maybe the NHL being one of the least proactive, I get the, I get the sense and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but um, I get the sense that it's not even necessarily, maybe the NHL is the least proactive of all the sports, but North America in general is maybe the least proactive of all of the regions globally uh, when it comes to this. Is this the case of, you know, much like I, I, you know, I always say I have a job that pays the podcasting bills. Um, I'm in cybersecurity. Uh, but until there's a breach at an organization, you know, they, you know, won't invest in cybersecurity. Is that what we need to see? Do we need to see like a massive game manipulation or, or, or uh, match fixing that will happen in North America before it becomes a real issue here? Or is it, or am I just maybe not, maybe it is a real issue here and, and I'm just not hearing about it. So uh, that, that's, that's where we can start. I, I fully agree. Uh, as I said earlier, it's, uh, it's an insurance policy. And, uh, you know, uh, if I don't want to take out collision on my car, um, that, that's my choice. But um, there are uh, weekly um, situations that are arising uh, in, in the United States and uh, uh, in Canada. Um, and I'll send you some of them. Coaches are being fired for match fixing, uh, coaches are being fired for manipulation. Um, it's not as much of a headline, um, understandably, as the uh, extensive amount of sexual abuse and sexual yep. assaults, um, but, but it is there. And uh, you will see, um, you know, there, there are players and uh, um, as leagues are expanding internationally, um, there's even more of a need for scrutiny. And I go back, and I'm not targeting Russia in, in any means whatsoever, but if you look at that issue about the threats from outside of this country, if they wore a sweater, their life uh, was in danger, their families' lives were in peril, um, it, it shows that the possibility is there. Um, and I, I, for people that say it's impossible um, to fix a game, um, and hockey, I, I disagree. And I use the analogy you put in, you have two uh, goaltenders from Blockistan and the first goaltender lets in four goals in the first period and he gets yanked. And they put in the second goaltender and the goaltender doesn't let in any or one or two and they lose the game uh, five to four. But the main point is the damage was done with the four goals. Um, and that's, so it is possible. Um, and I think, you know, you, you go back to uh, uh, Pete Rose still being denied uh, the Hall of Fame baseball uh, um, when you've seen, quite frankly, a lot worse since then, and uh, including steroids and doping. And um, But I, I do believe um, something uh, will happen. Uh, Canada, Mexico and the United States are uh, hosting the next World mm -hmm. Cup. and. Um, that is uh, one of the major targets uh, for match manipulation. Not so much um, 
particularly at the World Cup because the stakes are so high profile. But going through that process, going through that process, um, it's the leagues that are dropping down below now. Uh, in Canada, um, people are betting on high school hockey games now. They're betting on university. Um, so it's dropped below uh, betting on the Habs against the Leafs. And um, if you don't have those safeguards in place, um, not just for, um, uh, not just for a situation where you find someone um, thinking about it. So I just did an investigation in a country where um, uh, I, I just got back, as a matter of fact. And what happened was there was the last game was meaningless for a football club, and they sat their four best players. And uh, monitoring the betting, the betting spiked before the game, and uh, the turnout didn't turn out as you would assume. Uh, um, they they did lose the game, but the question was um, the tanking issue. Is tanking match manipulation? So I took a little bit of a beating uh, on Twitter when I commented on Arizona um, sitting their star potential trade uh, defenseman for ten games. Before the trade light, ten games yeah. before the trade deadline, um, and this is an impact player. So, if you're betting on that game, is that an accurate bet, or or do you take that into consideration? Because a uh, they're not fielding their best hockey team, um, and the gray area is where coaches say, "I don't want them to get injured. It's a meaningless game. What if they get injured before the trade deadline?" But the, the severe danger to any credibility in the league is um, the issue of uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah. And uh, I, no team's going to come out directly and say, I hope we lost, but there were a few teams that were probably pretty upset that the players pulled a win through and uh, got out of that bracket. Um, but then you go look at the NBA where they were just fined uh, millions of dollars for tanking. So you can see the difference um, in how the leagues treat it. Uh, Gary Bettman says if and when he thinks uh, tanking is an issue, you know, they'll look at that. Um, but just because you have a lottery system introduced at the bottom um, doesn't mean anything. It, 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 it's You still have the odds of winning, but most importantly, the paying fan is deprived of seeing the star players that they, they, they want to go see. So there's many different ways uh, and many different meanings of match manipulation. Um, and then, of course, you've got the ethic issue of the Blackhawks winning um, yeah. at the conclusion of a, of a huge scandal and a cover-up. So ethics and integrity um, in what would have been a, is supposed to be a, a generational draft uh, was tainted because of uh, a scandal. and. Uh, uh, I, I think that um, the leagues have gotten better, but um, I just think, yeah, that's a, that's a big problem uh, in Africa in soccer. But it's it's not it's not here, it's not in North America, and it's not relevant. Um, but I can assure you, there are uh, football players in Canada, hockey players, baseball players that are in debt, um, that are pressured by family, um, that. Um, uh, come from different countries, come from different provinces, 
everybody has some baggage and um, it needs it needs to be monitored. There are still leagues in Canada that are not monitoring betting. They have no idea how much is bet on a game or a period or an yeah. outcome. Yeah, and that's and that's probably high target, right? For you know, I mean, why would you why would you go after an NHL game where you know everybody's watching when you could bet on a high school hockey game? Uh, you know, which nobody's maybe paying attention. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't considered that. Uh, back to the NHL. Uh, the other thing that I hadn't really, I mean, we kind of accept as fans is this tanking for the, <laughs> for the spot. You know, we, we, we talk about it. We laugh about it. We, you know, we don't really, I think, get up in arms about it that much, but the reality is, is we should, um, because it's, you know, if, you know, as, as you say, I mean, if at any point the integrity of the game is lost, if you're not actually going for a win, if you're sitting your best players, the, uh, 10 games of Chikrin sitting out is, is a prime example. You know, it just happens to be on a bedard year, <laughs> right? You know, is that a coincidence? I mean, not, not likely. Right. I mean, they're, you know, it could have been, it could have been one game like most players sit out uh, and, and yeah. only when the trade is imminent. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that, and that's that gray area that's being completely ignored. Uh, not by the NBA. Uh, if the, the NBA calls it, and I was very impressed with that, the, the fine and, and the basic case law that they set in issuing that fine. Um, but if you're spending uh, a couple hundred bucks, uh, five hundred or a thousand dollars with the family uh, to go to a hockey game, and uh, you see uh, Connor McDavid um, uh, sitting for the last five games because it doesn't mean anything, um, and they want to face a lower team in the playoffs, hypothetically, um, you're upset as a paying person, first of all. Uh, but also, I think it's a very difficult area to prove a coach will tell you i have every right to rest my players for the playoffs a coach will tell you undisclosed injuries the nhl has zero policy on injury mm -hmm. disclosure uh, compared to other leagues so um uh, michael's not feeling well today uh you know you saw uh, i don't know if you saw last night a game where um the coach oh, Barkov, basically yeah. said yeah, <laughs> He, he he would play, but he had to go to a yeah. bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of humor in that. Um, but that the point is um, the integrity of the game is what is critical. And for those that are in the business of selling advertising and, uh, um, and promoting safe sport, uh, they also have to be in the business of the morals and ethics of that um it will take one situation and, and there have been some as i said uh, you you have to feel for for kane um regardless of the situation uh of what happened um uh you have to feel for him going through that personally uh that that can't be easy uh but you look at at what the league went through for that and it's just under investigation can't talk so I give full credit to the IIHF for implementing this integrity 
I think Canada hockey um, uh, will do it. My, my fear is uh, it'll be about morals and ethics and sexual abuse um, and, and not the all-encompassing issue of uh, integrity and role models, etc. So, you know, I can pretty well assure you that there will be a second commercial with Connor and Wayne in a Zamboni race. Um, and we might not ever know who's going to win it, but I can pretty much guarantee you, you can bet on it. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> you know, and we, we laugh at it, but you look at some star athletes uh, sitting there with, uh, you know, comedians. They're all role models and heroes or, and looking at, oh, look at that. They give me a $200 credit when I make my first bet. Oh, that was fast. So that that addiction right there um, is they're giving you money to get you. Uh, they're not they're not in there for the love of sport. No. <laughs> Again, they're in it to make money. Um, and I recall uh, in the days uh, in the RCMP, the tobacco industry funded policing positions to combat illegal tobacco. <laughs> and, you know, given staff shortages, the police forces across the country were ecstatic because we got investigators to go out and combat um, illegal tobacco. So what happened when we shut down the illegal tobacco? They go buy the tobacco from the people that are selling yeah. it legally. And that's, it's the same thing with the, ga the gambling industry. The gambling industry has every desire to invest, to shut down the black market. Why? So they get the money and they get the profit. Now, I'm sure some of them have a moral and social conscience uh, and realize that the black market is very dangerous and it's organized crime, etc. But let's face it, uh, as we've seen with the uh, swamping of commercials, um, it is about the money. And um, people can say whatever they want. You will never convince me uh, that it's anything more than yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, there's a strong profit motive, no doubt. And, and if you can give away free you know, quote unquote, free money. Um, <laughs> there's got to be something in it for them, uh, yeah. especially given the amount of the uh, money that they're, you know, willingly providing uh, as free free credit to, to bet with. Um, you know, and I, you know, I hadn't considered the fact even that they had banned, uh, you know, tobacco and alcohol ads <laughs> for, you know, and, and comparing it to gambling. Uh, which is maybe even the worst of the three addictions uh, in terms of ruining families and households. Um, so kind of... Uh, well, if I, if I, you know, it's a good point, Michael. If I go out and buy cigarettes uh, and I smoke on my own, I'm harming my health. Yeah. And there's the difference. When I go out with a gambling addiction or a drinking addiction, I harm others. When I go out with a gambling addiction, um, you're, you're talking... For most cases, losing everything you own, losing everything your family owns, and stealing from employers, doing committing crime, anything you can do to support that addiction. And um, uh, part of that is, I mean, look at what you have to go through to buy a pack of cigarettes uh, at a gas station. Yeah. They have to open Fort Knox now um, with the most uh, descriptive uh, advertising that I've ever seen. and. Um, We've taken such a strong stance on that, but I go back to uh, the government is also in the building. The Ontario yeah. 
lotto commission the uh they're in the business of of gambling it's a it's a high income area and part of those proceeds in my mind uh, from these gambling corporations now should be going uh into mental health services addiction services um in, into enforcement uh they they say that they have as much desire as anybody else to protect the integrity of sport. And I sincerely believe that because um, uh, they want people to bet with confidence that the game is played in a fair yeah. way. But um, when something is sponsored by I lost my mortgage.com, uh, you have to question whether that's the, uh, the ethical thing uh, to do um, when children are sitting there watching their heroes. Um, in, in today's age of technology, where everything is accessible on on a phone, uh, it, you really have to question how long the government will will keep this yeah. going. So something, um, you know, something you had talked about that also, I mean, as I said before, the last time I left with way more questions, I feel like this time it's going to be the same thing. I hadn't <laughs> considered, you know, the, um, you know, again, you know, not picking on the Russians, but the Russian influence where they did talk about you know whether it was the um uh, gay pride jersey or you know just people defending ovechkin for his picture with putin even right that that you know they were able to be manipulated over continents just by the risk of their families being uh, put at risk right and so you know you you'd have to think that would extend to something as simple as you know we were we're talking about prop bets, you know, as a game manipulation or, you know, like maybe taking a hooking penalty or something midway through the game or, or something like that, like that, that kind of thing can happen. Or, you know, you talk about the 13th man with the riders, what stops you from being that extra guy hopping out on the ice by accident, uh, you know, at the end of a game or, or something like that. So the, the, Ability to um, at least have some small outcome on the game is, is there, um, but I had not considered the fact, you know, that um, you know some of these uh, there are different ways to motivate people, <laughs> you know, and that's well, clearly and it's not, it's not just it's not just yeah. the Russians. If you go into the sport of boxing um, and the mafia and organized crime and fixing boxing matches goes back century, you know, it go so. It's in any sport, um, anybody can be uh, approached at any time. And I think if you start off with that broad scale of um, this could happen to you, uh, even as a referee, yeah. just make sure you call a penalty on Michael in the first five minutes of the game and it won't matter, won't affect the outcome of the game. And, uh, you know, you do scenarios uh, in, the, in these workshops and you have. Uh, uh, eight referees uh, at a table and uh, you give them different scenarios. And one of them says it's three minutes before kickoff. And uh, you just got a phone call saying, uh, if you don't do ABCD, um, your wife and child will be harmed. And we have them right now. And they're just about to kick off. What would you do? I mean, you would and you'd be shocked. <laughs> you'd, yeah. you'd be shocked at the different yeah. answers. Some I write to police. Some say, it's I could care less. It's my yeah. family. And so but it's not it's about generating that discussion and putting those 
those um, policies and procedures in place. And the ethics, the prevention, education, and training component is essential. I mean, in fairness, uh, referees don't think like that, nor would you expect yeah. them to. But when you put those thoughts in their head, uh, sometimes it's it might not happen here. It's happening around the world, and it's only a matter of time. And when the World Cup comes here, uh, they come with international uh, conglomerates of, of staff and teams and referees. Um, so, you know, it, it really is a situation, I think, that Canada uh, has to get out ahead of. And I do think, uh, and, and I'm not crying wolf because, uh, as I said, I want it very clear to your listeners. I'm not anti-gambling. I love uh, betting formally and informally on, on whatever it might be. Um, but, uh, you know, if you ever told me that Marty McSorley had that uh, illegal stick and, and, and the penalty uh, was, was called in game six against the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadiens didn't deserve to win that Stanley Cup, I mean, you'd be devastated. And you can give all of those examples that you want. but um, the reality is the pressure on athletes now starts in high mm -hmm. school. You're identifying athletes like Connor Bedard at 13, 14 years old saying, this is the future of the NHL. And what type of, um, of preventative educational components are taking place? Um, why are we waiting for the IIHF to do this mandatory uh, training uh, at the world championships. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if I recall, I remember you saying that um, in some instances, there are players that are, are groomed, whether it's by talking to their family from the time they're 13 or, you know, the first time they're recognized as having potential to play in professional sports um, with the age of social yeah. influence and that, I mean, they, you know, we knew about Connor Bedard long before, you know, we knew he was going to be an NHLer. So, what would stop somebody from talking to him and his family at that point in time? You know, I mean, there's a lot of hypotheticals, and I can only use comparison in other leagues. Um, but what if uh, uh, the father of a superstar potential is offered ten million dollars to refuse to report to that team that drafted him? Yeah. Uh, a la Eric Lindros, for example, was different reasons, but that was a superstar who refused to report. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, um, but there are cases around the world where uh, it's been discovered that um, that was the reason, is a, a, a payoffs to parents or others. Um, and then the team that, uh, it, it's sport is a multi-trillion dollar business right now. and. Uh, uh, the profit uh, is no longer. Players don't get paid in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They don't get paid. So their salary stops uh, when the season ends because otherwise it wouldn't be fair that now they might get a, they get a bonus uh, per round, a small bonus, which is nothing compared to the salary. But they're playing for the Stanley Cup. They're not playing for money any longer. And I think what's important is um, you can – you can play all year and run up stats and do the best that you can. But if, if it's found out and it comes out that something was done in error, um, 
the steroid uh, area era of uh, baseball is still why why are people that have home run records in the Hall of Fame uh, and Pete Rose isn't? Yeah. So where do you draw that line? And I, I think it, it sends a, a, a very confusing message to youth. Um, and it sends a, a, a really confusing message to, uh, to everybody. But I do believe um, that it's minor hockey, Canada hockey. You will see for sure mandatory workshops and training in Hockey Canada. Um, I, but I don't think that the focus will be on match manipulation uh, as much as it, as it should yeah, be. It should be. Uh, if, if, you, if you need to take two days to do it, then take the two days and do what the IIHF is yeah. doing. Yeah, uh, you know, all very kind of key points. Um, let's, um, we'll start to wind down here and, and maybe I remember, if I recall, right about the time we last spoke, there was a, a case in Russia of some match manipulation in hockey. Um, have there been any other cases, whether at any level, um, that you can recall in the past couple of years? In the past couple of years, there have been uh, some. They have not been that high profile. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there's been referees more than than uh, than players themselves, and uh, that's why it's important to make this all inclusive. This is everybody: players, coaches, managers, referees, trainers, etc. Um, and the league, the NHL, has an obligation. Uh, at what point in time do you call it in Arizona? At what point in time do you say, listen, is there a trade on the table? Is he hurt? Um, why isn't he playing? The stakes are multi-million dollar stakes. Now, maybe Arizona didn't, maybe Arizona sincerely wanted, didn't want him to get hurt and thus didn't play him. Um, but you sure need rules and processes because the integrity of the NHL is bigger than Arizona or a draft pick. And very difficult to prove. Uh, you, you Whatever injury it might yeah. be. So there are cases um, in, in hockey. Um, not Again, it's a harder game to, uh, to do. But in Eastern Europe, um, there are cases that, that continue to arise. And as hockey is now an international conglomerate where drafting and, and games are being played overseas. Uh, it's even more important than ever for the NHL uh, to, to take this on and um, follow the steps of the IIHF and the, especially the European Union. Frankly, the European Union, I mean, they, April 15th is an annual sport integrity day. They shame the rest of the world with the legislation that they pass, with the laws, with the promotion, with the prevention, the education and training. They shame the world. So it's time for uh, North America and Canada to step yeah. up. What, um, and, and maybe this is the last of the questions for tonight as we wind down. Do you think the NHL or you know, maybe Canadian or, or North American hockey in general is at risk or due for an event 
of magnitude that would, you know, hit the news that would sort of rock or like, is it, is it going to happen? Or do you think prior to that, there's enough out there that we'll, fi they'll figure it out. Like what's your, if you were to put the weather vane out today, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, where do you think? Oh, I, would hope, I would hope, I would hope not. I would hope not. If, if there's an issue that could occur in the NHL, um, I believe that it would be um, a subs substance abuse gambling type of issue, um, not necessarily um, throwing a game, but a gambling addiction substance abuse issue that would affect the integrity of the game um, or the perception of the integrity of the game. Uh, I, I think that uh, the NHL has done a lot of work in, in, in uh, that area. Um, but I go back to it just can't be a workshop at the beginning of the year and, and away you go. And it starts with leadership. And uh, uh, I commend the NBA. They call tanking a, a form of match manipulation. Yeah. When, you, when you start taking away people's drafts and teams' draft picks and you start um, – setting precedents uh the nhl has a lot to learn yeah 100 percent. i i agree uh so since the last time we spoke i've changed the format up a little bit i i you know will say my my last words right now but um i've always thought uh i would give my guests the last word so i'll give you the last word right away and and um when when you're done just say good night and i'll and i'll uh draw the drapes and and say good night uh, to everybody um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in again, uh, as always. I think this is a, um, a really important topic, uh, both, you know, for hockey and for sport in general. Um, I, I do ask, Dale, that um, as you say the last word tonight, you let people uh, know, you know, what they can do uh, to assist. Because I think um, not just is it important, um, you know, at the NHL level, it's probably equally important uh as you're raising children in sport and, and starting to understand, um, you know, any of the things that happen, uh, obviously our kids grow up to be adults and whether they're lucky enough to play in professional sport, they're probably playing in sport all the way through to high school, et cetera. And, and so these things happen at all levels. Um, you know, lots to think about. I mean, you, you gave me lots to think about last time, even more to think about this time. Um, you know, it's um, it's an area that uh, probably, you know, I I would say, and you might tell me I'm wrong, but I haven't heard much discussion on it in general, whether it's podcasts or, or news or otherwise, and probably not enough. One thing, you know, I, this was um, informal conversations you, have, you and I have had over the last couple of years, but um, just talking about the um, the smelling salts that they use, uh, you know, I mean, here's a, you know, they celebrate it on Sportsnet and it's really, you know, a, a drug that um, the players are using, uh, which, you know, I, th I think if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm correct, has really little to no effect on their performance at all, but we're, you know, possibly encouraging our, our young kids growing up that you know, this can, they can find a legal performance enhancing drug if, if they can, <laughs> if they can get it. And I, I believe smelling salts is a big, 
market out there for that now too and in fact and and uh, you can buy them probably on amazon if you want so lots to think about um i'm i'm glad to have you on and and uh, hopefully we get you on uh, a little bit sooner and um i do hope uh that um the way that the nhl looks at this and uh, approaches uh, sports integrity um becomes a little bit more proactive i you know i my per- i guess my perception is uh, along the lines of what you had suggested which is that they're not as proactive as other other leagues and and the fact that we talk continuously every year about teams tanking <laughs> and we laugh about it um you know, is somewhat disappointing. And uh, I always said, um, I've, I've said to many people, I just, I want to see the best players in the world play every night that I get a chance. And um, anytime they sit out without um, really good reason to me is is a travesty to the game of hockey. Um, and, um, you know, there's definitely some uh, ethical thoughts uh, that come to mind when we think about that. So anyway, uh, thank you again. And um, I'll give you the last word. Just uh, say goodnight. And <laughs> that's when we'll finish off. Well, thank you very much, Michael. I, I commend you and your listeners for uh, uh, actively pursuing uh, this. I think that any conversation on this is uh, a good conversation to have. Um, and for your viewers and listeners, um, you know, take the message forward and 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 uh, um, think about it. Um, uh, hockey itself is is a, a wealthy person's game. It's the most one of the most expensive sports, if not the most, uh, to get into. It's not just a soccer ball and running shoes, and um, the stakes are very high, and the pressure is starting on youth at a very very young age, uh, and with the technology that's out there today. Um, and the addictions and the access to uh, um, everything, I think it's really essential that we we protect our, our children and our youth. They're our future of sport. And uh, I think that um, if, if we get the government entities and the organizations and the awareness through people like yourself, um, we can make a difference. Uh, and, and I think that we, we just can't stop doing that. Slide.